Okie dokie. So last subject of the night, African female rangers. Well, you say, Mateo Native Ravager, what does that got to do with Clagato? What does that got to do with the Navajo Nation? What does that got to do with anything? Well, um, it could be um, something for us to follow. It, it, it could be how we can empower our Native women. So uh, the point about this is that um, women can be in charge during hardships or, you know, just hard times. But they can create warriors and fighters out of that because the the men at this point, uh, which I've already talked about in season one, is about the alpha, the beta, the gamma, the um, the alpha male, the beta male, the sigma male, the gamma male, all those guys. They all have their part. And like I said, Jonathan Nez and Myron Lizer are both little bitches. They're beta they're beta males. They, they're subservient. They are not alpha males. They're, they are not dominant. They don't have a dominant trait in their body and their eye and their whole persona. So, you know, well, maybe I'll go back and do another, uh, podcast about the, um, the Sigma males and, and the alpha males and the, the male types, the, the female types too. But so this thing about, um, empowering the native women, they are the ones that are always, kind of left behind and they are not getting their voices properly heard. They are not really being acknowledged. And that's where I come in and I say, you know, if you want to say something, come on to the podcast and let's, let's figure this stuff out because, um, the way things are going for us right now, we need to make a stand rather than letting Jonathan Nez and the, the Navajo tribal government, um, gang, tell us what to do and ruin everything that's going on right now, you know? And, and earlier my mom was telling me that, um, on the radio, she heard that, um, the Navajo police, a lot of them have got sick and they've been diagnosed with the coronavirus. So, well, 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 what do you know? You know, that's where I was just talking about in a, uh, season, season four, episode four about the, um, how, if they were going to shut down the Navajo nation, they, they should have had a better backup plan than to really rely on the, the Navajo police. Now let's say right now, this timeline of the Navajo police getting sick, it was back then. Crime definitely was going to rise, man, because knowing the media, the newspapers and the stupid radio station, they would have been broadcasting that out. And everybody that's a criminal that, you know, hates their neighbor or something. They're like, Oh shit, really? Okay. Well, if there's no cops around, I'm going to break into that house and get my shit back or I'm going to go do whatever I want. Oh, that young chick, man, she's hot and sexy. I'm going to rape her. You know, all that stuff could have happened, you know? So jumping back to this timeline right now, um, the whole thing with, um, empowering women, that's what I'm trying to get my point across is that, um, that having that when things get hard, <laughs> no pun intended, but women are the best to, you know, handle it. And if you've ever seen a large family, the mother is taking care of all the children. She's washing them, bathing them, feeding them, making sure they're okay. You know, if she's, if she's a dedicated mother, you know, that's, that's the typical archetype. That's a typical model for it. 
But then when she gets older, when she gets old, the kids do not want to take care of her. They're like, oh, you're old, you're an inconvenience, and I don't want to deal with you. And that's where a lot more problems happen because if they had only worked together and they could have got something done, whether it be a traditional ceremony or actually going to see the doctor in time, you know, they could make the elderly's life a lot better. But since um, this generation, we're a bunch of punks and idiots and retards. The, a lot of the elderly are dying, you know, and we still continue to listen to what the radio says, you know, now, KYAT, those are my boys. Those guys are cool, you know. I, I have no problem with them. Uh, Roy Keto, that's the, man, that's the man right there, man. That's that, that's one cool cat because he really kept his shit together, you know, during the whole time of the coronavirus. He did report what he had to, but he just kept playing them jams, man. He, kept, he knew he was a disc jockey, and that's what he was doing. He's like, yeah, I read the news, but we're, you know, we're still going to rock out as we're dying or whatever the hell's going on, you know? So I give a lot of respect to that man and the, the radio stations, millennium media, but KTNN just suck balls, man. I can't believe they're so easy to just kind of crumble and fall under their own fat legged power, you know? Anyways. Um, so, okay. So, okay. Let, let's get back to the point of the female, uh, Rangers, African female Rangers, <clears throat> So with that being established about empowering women, I said there was uh before this pandemic, uh, I think it was before it happened. There was a show. It was called the Jim Jeffries show. Jim Jeffrey was a comedian, but they gave him a show on um, comedy central and it would come on after uh, the, the daily show with that Trevor Noah, which, you know, I just don't watch it anymore because he's just full of shit, you know, and I just don't, he's not even funny anymore. You know, man, that dude was so funny when he first came out. I was, I was just kind of sitting there, you know, just really enjoying the jokes that he had and all that stuff. But anyways, uh, Jim Jeffries did a documentary pretty much on his show about these African female rangers. Now, what they would do is they would go out into the Sahara, not the Sahara, Safari, or I, I guess that's what it was. And they would look for poachers. And these ladies were like trained like, uh, what do you call those guys? Like Green Berets. They were, they were highly skilled and they were out there and, you know, they didn't really like, if you compare a woman to a man, when they're, when they're out there, uh, with a weapon, you give a weapon to a man, he's all ready to go, man. He's like gripping the, the, you know, the, the, the stock of the rifle or maybe the butt of the gun. And he's got his finger on the trigger. He's ready to go. But a, a female, she's more like, you know, the gun's too loud. It's too freaky, but, uh, you know, I'll just have it on me just in case. So I think that's where women, you know, kind of have a little bit of an advantage over men just by kind of being a little bit more relaxed on it. But um, anyways, so they would um, stop these poachers from shooting the animals, the the tigers, the the... Oh, what do you call those guys? The giraffes, the elephants and all that stuff, you know, all that illegal poaching, man, these ladies were badass. And he asked them, or no, uh, that Jim Jeffries, uh, he asked the guy who trained, <laughs> no pun intended again, but he trained these women how to become Rangers. And, and he was telling it cause he was with the, uh, British special forces, S-F-S-A-F-S-A-F-A or something like that. And he told them that 
they train these women just like they would do in their own uh, British um, special forces unit. And these ladies went through with no problems. They, they try to starve these ladies. They try to make them cold. They try to make them find their own food, fight. Um, they try to throw them out in the middle of nowhere, find, have them find their way back. And these African ladies, man, they were so used to it because that's how they grew up, you know, over there in Africa. What, what choice do they really have when the drug lords are coming through and they're raping these women and, you know, taking the kids and, you know, separating the girls and... So that's the environment these women grew up in. So going through that whole, uh, that boot camp that the uh, the uh, British Special Forces set up for them, it was like nothing to them, you know? I was like, wow. And, and you know, not to pat myself too much on the shoulder, but it kind of reminded me of when I went through basic training in the Army. I was like, oh, well, this is it? Man, this is kind of fun, you know? It's like, eh, it's not that, it's not that bad. So, um Anyways, so that's where these African rangers, uh, female rangers, that's where it has really inspired me with the um, Hummingbird Initiative. And that's why I really want the female veterans to take charge of it, you know, to make sure that they don't have to really go through the boot camp training like um, those ladies in Africa had to do. But these Navajo women could go through like training courses of how to fly a drone and and like i was saying before the reason why i want the women to do it is because they're better at keeping records than men and there's a lot of commercials that i've seen about you know men losing things and the women know where it's at and they tell them it's over here and then she's like yelling from across the room where it's at and the guy finds it you know you know stuff like that or you know the commercials of um the kids are all running around being all hyper and shit and she has to keep her composure as a mother and, you know, get them food ready and feed them and all, you know, all whatever that entails of being um, a mother, you know. And that's when um, that's where I really got this inspiration of the Hummingbird Initiative. I was like, wow, look at that, man. They actually get that done. I was like that that's actually something that actually really exists. And then as I was watching the show, um, after they went from commercial break, they came back and um they saw uh, some guy who was who shouldn't have been out there. I guess they got like a pre protected um, preserve for the animals. And this dude was out there and he was, I think he was about to gun him down uh, an elephant so he could take the tusks. But those ladies, they went with that guy, Jim Jeffries, and he was kind of freaking out. And I'm pretty sure anybody would freak out. But to those ladies, they were just like second nature. They had their rifles, but um the cameraman he stayed behind and that lady told him no stay over here let me go deal with this so she talked to that guy you know using like english and um she told him what are you doing here and he's like um he goes well i've been busted or something like that and so she goes all right give me your rifle and this poacher actually gave her the rifle he didn't he didn't put up a fight or anything and she goes okay turn around let's go walk back to the vehicle um I, I, I think she actually handcuffed him. I think it was, but she was, it was, she was all nonchalant. And I was like, damn, man, and look at us American men over here, man. Um, I remember being a security guard at the New Mexico state fair after I got out of the army. Cause that was the only job I could get at the time. Um, there was this cop, not cop, this other security guy. Uh, I, I was going into this building 
for the 4-H club where all the where all the girls uh, with the 4-H club were. And I went into the building and I noticed one of the doors was open. Well, I guess one of the kitchen staff from earlier in the day, they just forgot to close it. So I just said, ah, oh, well, you know, there's probably nothing going on. I just have something to do, kill some time. So I called the headquarters. I said, yeah, there's a door open over here. They're like, all right, wait there. Uh, we're sending uh, someone over. So this uh, little uh, Nakai, this um, Hispanic guy came over. He goes, he goes, what's going on? I said, oh, there's a, uh, this door was open. I told him. And I... I registered with a, um, a handgun. So I had a handgun in my holster and, you know, I really didn't want to take it out, but he goes, all right, um, cover me. He goes, I'm like, cover you shit. If you get shot, that's your fault. And I was like, but, um, man, that dude was really just like ready. He, I mean, like he already had his gun before, before I realized what he was saying, you know, he's like, cover me. And then, so he opened the door and he, he, you know, he like, like you'd see in the movies, you know, he's like, shoot, he's aiming down the hallways. So we went through the kitchen and I was like, all right. I said, I, I don't think anybody's here, man. All right. I said, that's good. He goes, no, we got to keep looking. But man, this dude was like on a mission to shoot somebody. I was like, dude, do you realize what's going to happen if you shoot somebody here on the state fairgrounds, man? There's, that's a shitload of uh, paperwork and you got to, you know, you might be facing jail time if this turns out to be something that, you know, could have easily been avoided if you just put your stupid gun away, you know? And then we went to the, uh, girl, the, the women in the men's restroom, you know, and that dude kicked the shit out of that door and it slammed hard and it echoed and it sounded actually like a, like a, a shot, you know, a gunshot went off. And man, he went through the each stall and he kept kicking them in. I was like, dude, come on, man. That, you know, that's unnecessary. I mean, if anything, I could have went in or at least I could look underneath the stalls and look for feet or something. Say, hey, hello, is anybody here? Oh, I'm just with the security company. Um, just trying to see, you know, who, who's all in here because this is after hours and no one's supposed to be. You know, I had all that ready. And then we finally, we went to the main door, double doors, where there was uh, these two old couples. They were... I, I guess they run the 4-H club, you know, during the day and in the evening. That's where I was supposed to sit there and just kind of watch over them at night. Because I was, it was graveyard shift, by the way. So, man, that dude kicked the shit out of that door and it slammed it. It hit the wall and it scared the hell out of those people. And then he goes, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, we're just looking for a suspect. Then he gets on his uh, walkie-talkie. He goes, all right, headquarters, there's nothing here. I'm going to head it back. I was like, you asshole, man. And then that old white man, he got pissed at me. He goes, yeah, you guys been kicking those doors in. I was like, hey, hey sir, it wasn't me. It, it was that other guy. He's, he's too hyper. I don't know what happened to him. But uh, I did tell him that, you know, there are people here that, you know, that we could have just, you know, opened the doors and just looked around. And rather than kick him open, I said, hey, he's just, he's just trigger happy or he's just, um, you know, he's just an idiot, basically. So anyways. So with that being said, uh, having, watching this, uh, um, African female Rangers, that was also a subject matter I wanted to cover back in, uh, season one. But if you, um, if you want to check it out, go on YouTube, maybe just type in Jim Jeffries show, um, or write African female Rangers, uh, then like Jim Jeffries or something. But that's a really that's a really neat little documentary. Uh, it was only for like fifteen minutes, I think. But I would recommend you know just checking it out, uh, just watching it, checking it, checking it out, checking it out, checking it out, checking it out. <laughs>
man, I must be getting tired, man. I'm just kidding. My words can't even, you know, come out right. But, um, yeah. So anyways, that's, um, that's going to do it for, um, uh, episode five of season three. And, um, with all that being said, you know, I hope, uh, you guys learned a lot. Um, and you know, if anything, like I said, do some research, find out how, how all these things are connected, how they work. The government, you, you just can't trust those sons of bitches. You know, they, they're just evil and corrupt. Just, that's just the way they are, you know? And, uh, if anything, you know, you can just, Support your good old buddy, Mateo Native Ravager, with this uh, podcast just by listening and um, and just by kind of doing your own research. And if you find something new you want me to uh, cover, then I'll go and do it. I still need to do what uh, Mr. Brian, he, he said, uh, um, he sent me a message on Facebook, says, do this about the Skinwalker Ranch, uh, the television show. So... Don't worry, Brian. I, uh, I'm still going to get to that, man. Um, I'll watch a few episodes. I'll do a little research and, um, you know, I'll put in my, my take on the, you know, Skinwalker Ranch television show. And, um, even though me and, uh, Navo Pedro did cover the Skinwalker Ranch, or I think he mostly went into that, that realm, but, um, I will, excuse me, I will honor, Brian's request to check out the, uh, Skinwalker Ranch television show. And so with that being said, I just want to thank everybody for listening and, um, thank you for supporting the Clagato veteran podcast without you. I wouldn't have an audience and I probably would just kind of, if, <laughs> if nobody was listening, I probably would have just stopped doing the podcast. But, um, uh, because now I have some established audience members, you know, um, Feel free to reach out and give me um, maybe something you want me to cover, something, some issue you want me to tackle. Or if you want to be a part of the podcast, hey, man, you know, I'm all for it. Just go ahead and uh, give a holler, give a hoot, give a text, whatever you got to do to uh, let me know that you got something to say, that you want your opinion, your voice to be heard, to be known. Because at the point at the world, this is the way the world's going now, man, we're going to need all the... Um, we're going to need all the opinions we can get. So, uh, finally I'm going to shut my yapper and I just want to say thank you. And, um, you all have a great night and, um, we will reconvene again at, um, episode number six, which I hope to do before the end of January. And other than that, yeah, see ya.